That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Lynette Lopez is a senior correspondent at Business Insider, and she started hearing rumblings about Tesla years ago. But at first, she kind of dismissed them. A lot of my Wall Street sources started getting involved in Tesla around 2014. And that is when they started talking about how the stock was overvalued. That story was never particularly interesting to me because it seemed clear that the stock was overvalued and that the company never made money. But it didn't seem that any of the shareholders actually cared about that. And so that, to me, was not a particularly interesting story until I was contacted by somebody within the company. It was spring. Lynette was at home when she saw an email. I was contacted by a guy who worked on the manufacturing line at the Gigafactory, which is Tesla's Nevada plant. It makes all the drive units and batteries. His name is Martin Tripp. He sounded credible, so she called him up. He basically told me that Tesla wasn't exactly living up to its brand. It was not making sexy cars that also saved the world because its manufacturing process was so flawed. Martin tells Lynette that Tesla's factories may not be as good at making things as many thought. Then Lynette publishes her findings from internal documents showing the factories are generating huge amounts of waste because of flaws in the manufacturing process. For a th- every car that it made, it would throw away about a third of a car. Her source alleges that a misprogrammed robot once punctured holes in hundreds of battery packs, and then the company repaired them and put them back into cars. Tesla denies this. Sources said the company kept shutting down the production line to fix problems, that all the scrap from mistakes was costing the company $150 million and hadn't been recycled. Tesla said that cost was an exaggeration. Looking at all this, it started to make sense to Lynette why Tesla might be spending so much cash. Martin Tripp's claims made sense to me, and of course they were backed up by internal documents, but they made sense because Tesla's balance sheet had always been out of control. It had always been spending too much money. In fact, the company had only turned a profit in two quarters over the course of its history. So this was kind of the missing piece of the puzzle for why Tesla was just burning so much cash. Lynette continued writing stories about Tesla's manufacturing process. On July 2nd, Business Insider published one, again citing internal documents. She reported that Elon had ordered Tesla to stop doing a critical brake test on Model 3s as they left the factory. The stock fell. Two days later, she got a response, but not the kind you'd expect. 
I had like six missed calls and my Twitter was going insane. And it was because Elon Musk was addressing my reporting rather aggressively uh, on Twitter. Elon Musk, Tesla's CEO, called her reporting false. He accused her of paying her sources and being paid by people who wanted to profit from a falling share price. Then it got nastier and some might say childish. The weird part was when Musk started tweeting out uh, screenshots from my Facebook page and he was totally trolling. Elon put up some of her posts from years ago, attempting to show she had a close relationship to big investors betting against Tesla stock. Elon called them love letters to sources. It's a weird time to be Lynette. The Elon tweet storm led to TV interviews like this one on CNBC. I would prefer to talk about the reporting, and it's up to shareholders to decide whether or not the CEO of a $50 million company should spend his time yelling at reporters on Twitter. It's also a really weird time to be Elon Musk. It's a weird time to be Tesla. For years, Tesla was held up as the future of transportation. Sleek, curvy, efficient electric cars that would leave old car companies like GM and Ford in the dust. Tesla. The name alone triggers devout worship among some. And at the same time, Elon Musk was built up as this genius inventor, kind of like Alexander Graham Bell, Howard Hughes, and Steve Jobs rolled into one. The South African-born businessman, engineer, inventor, real-life Iron Man, and probably savior of the human race. He has done an Musk was introducing cheaper Teslas for the masses. At the same time, he was launching rockets into space. SpaceX and Tesla. You would be hard-pressed to find two companies that are more popular today. And yet, in the not-too-distant past, both companies were basically unknown and were in fact simultaneously on the verge of bankruptcy. Touting new solar panels on roofs. The interesting thing is that the houses you see around you are all solar houses. And dreaming of new forms of transportation like the Hyperloop, which would move people on pods through a tube that works kind of like an air hockey table. Tesla and Elon could do no wrong. They embodied the future. Until this year. Tesla is defending its safety standards after one model fell short of the highest rating in a major crash test study. The Tesla narrative changed, and some of Elon's other projects stalled. Tesla's been accepting $1,000 deposits for the roof tiles since May 2017. But at that point, the company wasn't even close to mass-producing them. It established a fact- so from the beginning of Tesla's history, Elon has over-promised on production targets and timing and under-delivered. So it, the question has always been, for how long can he do that? And at this point, it's still unclear on Wall Street. And after the dust-up with Lynette, Elon seemed to become more erratic. He tweeted out that he planned to take Tesla private off the stock market. Then he smoked weed on a podcast. I mean, it's legal, right? It's totally legal. Okay. Then the Securities and Exchange Commission sued him over the tweet and charged him with fraud. He was forced to step down as chairman of the board, though he's still CEO. The damage had been done. He has said in interviews in the past that he thinks that the internet is a video game where things don't matter and you can just say whatever you want to people and because he has an army, he has a, it's ridiculous that he says things like that. So what happens when someone plays Elon at his own game? From Business Insider and Stitcher, this is Household Name. Brands you can trust. The show about brands you know and stories you don't. I'm Dan Bobkoff. McDonald's Big Mac. 
Today, Tesla. In a sense, Elon Musk trolled Lynette for reporting on the conditions of Tesla's factories and cars. At the same time, there's a guy in Massachusetts who's trolling Tesla. Rich Benoit knows the cars better than almost anyone. He taught himself how to take a wrecked Tesla and bring it back to pristine condition. And along the way, he's discovered a lot of Tesla's issues. Now the question is, will Elon do to him what he did to Lynette? Stay with us. To help me tell these two stories, we have with us household name producer Amy Padula. Hey. Okay, so this has been quite a year for Elon Musk and Tesla. Yeah. So what happened to Lynette from her reporting is like this microcosm of what's going on more generally at the company. So first of all, Tesla has this cult following, which you know about, I know about, everyone knows about. Its drivers and fans are rabid. And part of that is the mystique of Elon Musk. Like, who knows the name of the CEO of Subaru? Do you? I I don't. I do not. Exactly. Everyone knows Elon Musk. And people have very strong opinions. Here's Lynette Lopez again. You know, um, as a Tesla reporter, you're constantly being pulled in different directions. Um, I think that a lot of people who are very supportive of the company think that I hate it or that I hate Elon Musk or that I want Tesla to fail. And that's really not true. And Lynette thinks Tesla has this amazing mission. What's the mission? So its goal is to, quote, accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy, end quote. Sounds like a good thing for all of us. It does that through electric cars and solar panels for homes. What I am paid to do is try to figure out how or whether or not Tesla is living up to its mission of making these sexy cars that save the world. And the cult of Musk is always very skeptical of anyone who actually applies skepticism to the to the company and thinks that they must have some kind of hidden anti-Tesla agenda. In fact, I followed this guy on Twitter the other day and He's like a big, you know, Musk supporter, I guess. So the guy immediately sends Lynette a message on Twitter. And this person was like, wow, I can't believe you followed me. You know, you're on the other side. They act like this is some kind of war, like we're playing, you know, online cowboys and Indians or something. And that's just simply not the case. They tend to think that journalists hold these petty grudges or have some kind of dog in the fight. I don't I don't have a dog in this fight. I haven't driven a car since the Bush administration. All right, so other cars have fans. You know, there are websites for, you know, fandom of various brands, but Tesla seems like something else. Yeah, to me. it's totally, totally different. So people don't like it when people point out the company's problems. I'm just going to take a step back for a sec. Here are some of the things that have happened to Tesla recently. Tesla struggled to get its Model 3 to its customers. So the, the Model 3 is supposed to be this like cheaper Tesla, more of a car for everyone than a plaything for the rich. But for a lot of the year, it just couldn't make enough of them. And the ones that did make it had some problems. So, for instance, one customer who got an early model said the bumper of his car fell off in the rain 30 minutes after bringing it home for the first time. So are they still having these problems? So they're making a lot more Model 3s, and the bumpers seem to be staying on these cars. But, see, right now the issue isn't really the cars. It's Elon. I reached out to Tesla directly for this story, and while I requested an interview with Musk— It was declined. The company also did not respond to multiple follow-ups for questioning. So, all right, so here are some things I know about Elon Musk just from the ether. 
Uh, so I know Elon wants to build this giant tube that will apparently whisk people from Los Angeles to San Francisco really quickly. <laughs> exactly. He says he wants to colonize Mars. Somebody has to do it. And he thinks that in the meantime, artificial intelligence is going to destroy us. <laughs> and somehow he's running this car company and he also has time to run a rocket company, SpaceX. And then there's also Tesla, which is having all those production problems you talked about. And Elon apparently is sleeping in the factory on this bad couch uh, because they were so far behind on production. Yeah, yeah. He's a pretty busy guy. But there's this other side of Elon that we've been starting to see this year, which is just very, very different. Like the time Elon's then-girlfriend, the Canadian singer Grimes, invited rapper Azalea Banks over to Musk's house to collaborate on a new album. Just like the Ford CEO. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. (laughs) While there, Banks posted Instagram stories claiming that she'd been waiting alone for Grimes for days in Musk's house alleging he was making these freaked-out phone calls to financers and that his money came from colonialism. Uh, what a mess. Do we even know if any of this is true? No, we, we can't confirm a lot of this. But but look, even before all that went down, a month before, he inserted himself into that rescue of the Thai soccer team in a cave. A British diver who played a key role in the rescue effort of that Thai soccer team trapped in a dark cave for weeks is back in the headlines. He's considering legal action against Elon Musk over comments the billionaire made on Twitter. Right. Didn't he say that he could get them out with some kind of robot? Yeah, in some kind of small submarine. But then a diver saved the kids and criticized Elon. And then Elon called the guy a pedo on Twitter. It seems like Elon has a nasty side. And the diver even sued Elon and is asking for damages. But Tesla is super worried about the reports. It recently asked employees to, quote, renew their vows, unquote, to the company in an effort to plug the leaks. And then what happened to that guy who tipped off Lynette to all the problems in the factory? Oh, yeah. Listen, it did not end well for that guy. Tesla figured out who Martin Tripp was and that he was leaking and he was fired. And now he's being sued by Tesla. And the company accused him of writing code and hacking his way into Tesla's back end and sabotaging the company's manufacturing process. Tripp, on the other hand, said that he can't even code and that he was making 28 bucks an hour in the middle of the desert. So I can really see why Elon feared Tripp and feared Lynette, too. Once you start breaking stories on a company, other sources approach you. And I started using their resources as well. And once Martin was fired, I wrote another story. And that's when things started really getting interesting. I wrote a story based on more internal documents that appeared to show that Elon Musk himself had ordered that Tesla stop doing a test that checked the brakes and alignment on Model 3s as they were leaving the factory. The test is called the brake and roll test. And this was the week that Tesla really had something to prove because the company had promised Wall Street that it would make 5,000 Model 3s within a week. So my story essentially said, okay, these guys are willing to cut this, what everyone seems to be telling me in Autoland is a really crucial test out of the process. And that was shocking to anyone who worked in automotive. And the day my story went out, the stock fell 7%. And then Elon has his meltdown and starts posting Lynette's Facebook pictures. Look, I would not find that fun, but at the end of the day, it was good publicity for her reporting. When you tell people you work for Tesla, what, how do they react? 
Um, most people are most people are really like excited or jealous. This is a Tesla employee. And we're going to call her Wendy and alter her voice at her request. I talked to her for hours about what it's been like inside Tesla these days. And she didn't really want to talk to me about what's been going on with the Model 3s. But she did say it's been really tough there lately. Although lately, you know, a lot of it has been about, you know, people have been like, oh, Elon's being so stupid. Oh, when is your, your car's going to be delivered on time? Honestly, it's been, I'll tell you what I told my shrink. It's been really demoralizing. Like, uh, you know, it's something that I've worked so hard at um, for so long. <sighs> to have, like, something that you've worked at so hard for so long and, like, been so involved in and just been taking over your, like, that's why I'm seeing a dietitian. I have gained, like, 50 pounds, I think, since I started at Tesla. Like, that's how much stress I've been under. And... You know, and I, I commute every day for like an hour each way. And, you know, I, I like still believe in the dream, you know. I'm 40, like, this is what I've done for the past eight years. Like, I'm, I'm divorced. I don't have a boyfriend. I, just have my dog and my guinea pig in Tesla. That's like it. But she really loves Tesla, and she was a big fan of Elon. She says he's really hands-on and genuine and super funny even, especially in the all-staff meetings. And they're basically Elon doing a stand-up routine. And, um, like, it's, it's great. Um, and, but, like, you know, there's just been so much hero worship. But what about now? So now she's not so sure about him. She says he's changed. Maybe he's not getting enough sleep. And she tells me when she's burned out from Elon's tweets and the long hours at Tesla, she told me she watches YouTube videos. One of my favorite videos on YouTube that, like, I would always watch to cheer myself up when I was down on whatever was happening at Tesla would be Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson, dancing and singing underneath her Model X door opening. Here it goes! So one day, she's looking through her favorite Tesla channels, and one video catches her eye. The $7,000 Tesla, the one that went viral. And the caption is, world's cheapest Tesla, 1.5 million views. After calculating all of these costs, it costs $6,500 for Dolores, as you see her today, running and driving. I believe this is the world's least expensive running and driving Tesla. Now it's 6,500 and steadily. And I watched it and I was like, this is amazing. This guy is amazing. What she saw is someone who embodied the spirit of Tesla and someone who may hold the key to holding the company accountable. That is, if they don't shut him down. All right, that's in a minute. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back. Hey guys, it's Rich from Rich Rebuilds, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as Car Guru, a.k.a. Uncle Rich. Okay, so this is Wendy's favorite YouTuber. His name is Rich Benoit. And by day, Rich works in IT. By nights and weekends, he's Rich Rebuilds. Or sometimes just your Uncle Rich. So as long as we've had cars, we've had people tinkering in their backyards, fixing them, collecting them, modifying them, talking about them. But Rich is in his own league. This guy buys salvaged cars and turns them into like-new gleaming Teslas. There are Model S's and Model X's. Some have been flooded or some have been damaged even worse. This is him from one of his videos. So I went online one day and I found this gem that was absolutely beat to death. The car looks like it rolled over 55 times. It wasn't yet available. Rich scours auctions to find totaled Teslas like these ones. He bought this crumpled red Model S for its parts. And he calls it a donor car. He needs donors because Tesla won't sell him their parts. And he paid too much, more than 18 grand for this dead car. He picks it up. Jesus Christ, this is what 18,000 plus shipping looks like. The car was shaped like a rhombus. The seats were destroyed. I can't even use the interior. But this is Rich we're talking about. He's fearless in a kind of blasé way. So when he gets the wreck home, he nonchalantly connects some jumper cables to it. And the thing actually starts to come to life. No freaking way. No freaking way. This was pretty damn incredible. So I kept working on the car using kitchen knives to cut the windshield glass. Rich is a high-stakes Mr. Fix-It. So he's basically a DIY Tesla factory? Exactly. That's exactly it. And I saw that when I visited him recently at his home, and he showed me his garage and storage area where he keeps a huge inventory of Tesla parts. These are all the parts you need to put one back together. Literally everything you need is here. Everything. There's some uh, shocks, some suspension components, all the interior trim panels put the car back together. Rich's factory is a two-car garage attached to his suburban home, the kind of home with kids' toys all over the living room floor. In his storage room off to the side of the garage, there are parts strewn all over the floor. A half-eaten bag of potato chips sits on a folding chair. Look to your left, and there's a bumper hanging over there, a spare Tesla seat next to it, piles of Tesla batteries on concrete floor stacked like bricks. There's everything here. All of the entire braking systems on the ground. Uh, the calipers, rotors, the shocks that open and close the rear trunk. So you've memorized every part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know all this off the back of my hand. Rich is self-taught, but I didn't realize what that really meant until I saw this car for myself parked in his garage. Wait, so who is this? Does this one have a name? Yeah, this is, um... This is, uh, this is Dolores, actually, my wife's car. Dolores is named after the character from the show Westworld. The character looks like a woman, but is actually a robot. Rich's Dolores looks like a new Tesla, but is actually a mutant built from pieces of another Tesla. Everyone's just like, wow, this car looks brand new. It looks pretty cool. But yeah, I'm pretty, um, like this, everything you see, you could see and touch. 
was removed from this vehicle. Like the mirror, the headliner, air, the door panels. It smells new. It has the new car smell. Yeah, that's because I have the new car scent air freshener right here. That's probably the reason why. Dolores' body had been flooded. And I said to myself, you know what? Well, it's a flood. How hard can that be? Like, it's a piece of cake. You know what I mean? Like, it's a flood. You throw some rice in it and you call it a day. It's like a cell phone. I drop a cell phone in the toilet before. I know how, I know how it works. You just need more rice. That's all you need. The car was just dead. And Rich spent days getting water out of the car, bucket after bucket after bucket. But over time, he painstakingly taught himself how every piece fits together, how the car really works. And then he started bringing her back to life. And he documented the whole thing on YouTube. This is going to be more uh, podcast style, so feel free to throw on the headphones and do some lighthouse work while you're listening to it. Uh, throughout the process, I'm going to have some pictures. We've watched a bunch of these videos, and it seems like his production values get a little better over time. Yeah, and he actually started working with this guy who's kind of his producer, who's turned Rich into more of a personality. And while he's developing his YouTube voice, he spent months getting Dolores going. But not with any help from Tesla. Like this one time, he calls them up. And I said, hey, I need like a battery and a motor and stuff. And they were like, LOL, we're not going to sell you anything. But then they ask him, what's the VIN number for your car? The VIN number is the vehicle identification number. And Rich records this whole thing, obviously, for YouTube. And I gave him the VIN, like, no, this car is in a flood. We're not going to sell you any parts for it. Have a great day. What was your reaction to that? Oh, they're probably just kidding. I'm just going to call another dealership. No big deal. They probably had a bad day. Didn't have coffee or cranky. But they weren't just cranky. Tesla doesn't want Rich touching its cars at all. You could say it's about safety. He's not actually certified to fix the Teslas. But it's also about control. They don't want anyone outside the company looking too closely at how the cars work. Kind of like Apple. Tesla is good at the kinds of things Apple is also good at marketing, software, branding. But in terms of the cars, they're not perfect yet. And then I called several other places out of state, in state, and same response. We don't sell parts to cars that we don't deem as road safe. So we can't sell you anything. And then what happened? And then I sat there with like a blank look on my face. And I said to myself, this this got to be a better way. Like how do people that, like, like why... Why would anyone buy these cars if you can't fix it yourself? And this, to me, is just like the paradox of Rich. He loves Teslas, and that's that's why he does this. He wants to own them for a lot less money, and he wants to make sure these wrecks just, like, don't go to waste in a field. Along the way, though, he's looked at every part, big and small, up close. He's found that the cars aren't as amazing as we've been led to believe they are. Yes, the batteries and software are advanced and flashy and cool, but he's also noticed that these cars aren't put together that well. And sometimes the pieces are missing. Consistency isn't really Tesla's uh, strong point. Uh, Every car I've taken apart has been different, very different. Um, They may use different screws on one car, different sound deadening on another car. Some car may have no sound deadening. Some car might be missing a blatant panel. Um, Are there any parts that seem to give customers particular problems, like that you keep coming up against? Um, mostly the door handles are a big thing. It's the, one of the most frequently used parts of the car. You have to get in the car to drive it, obviously. That was a huge pain point. Uh, there was a ribbon cable that goes back and forth and flexes every time the door handle opens. And that was a breaking point. This is partly why Wendy at Tesla is a huge fan of Rich. She kind of sees him as like a check on Tesla. His videos showing the flaws keep the company honest and eventually help it improve. 
I think what he's doing is what's going to keep us alive. I think what Rich is doing is important for Tesla. I don't think it's dangerous for Tesla at all. I wondered, though, if Rich was in any danger. Oh, man, I sure hope not. I think if we stop him, it will be very dangerous for us. I think we should let him do what he's doing as long as possible. And I don't know if we should endorse it, but I don't think we should stop him. I think if we stopped him, it would be a really big mistake. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back. So, Dan. Yes. I want to tell you one reason why I find Rich so interesting. Remember the video where Rich bought a really beat-up Tesla, the red one that had rolled over? Well, there's a different part of the video later on that caught my eye. Rich starts wondering, kind of very matter-of-factly, what happened to the driver of this car? I was dying to know if a Tesla in this condition could have possibly saved the driver. He had to have been dead. Looked at the clearance between the roof line and the front seat, and the roof line wasn't crushing my head. I think this guy may have lived, actually. He's approaching this like an engineer. And maybe this is some kind of YouTube stunt, but I think this is the real rich. He goes to the car's GPS, finds the owner's address, and drives there. It's an hour outside of Delaware, and he knocks on the guy's door. Why did you need to know that? Because when you work on a vehicle, if that car has any bad vibes, like if someone did pass away in it, I would feel very differently about it, for sure. I don't want that kind of, I guess, bad juju for the vehicle. It seems like there's something almost a little Elon Musk-like about Rich. Okay, I had the same thought. It's totally true. He can be funny. He can be brash. He's ultra nerdy and wicked smart. But some of the things he does, like, kind of raise eyebrows. As I got to know him, I got the sense that if things had gone a little bit differently, maybe he could have been like Elon Musk. Rich is from Hyde Park, Massachusetts. It's a low-income part of Boston, home to immigrants and people of color like Rich. The area I was raised in wasn't the best area to raise a family, especially with a kid having so much autonomy to do whatever he wanted to do with no repercussions. His parents never married, and his mom worked a lot. Since he spent so much time alone, he had this habit of taking nearly everything apart in his mother's home. I think it worried her because I was effectively destroying everything in the house. <laughs> 
before long, she'd had enough. One day she said, you know what, you need to live with your dad now. You know, you're a certain age where I'm having a hard time kind of reeling you in and raising you. His dad was strict, but Rich can't really help himself. He had a really nice high-end speaker system. And what I did was I wanted to see how the woofers worked. I was like, this is really cool. I was like, you know what, how does it work? Instead, he sticks his thumb in the tweeters and he blew a fuse. His dad was furious. His dad told him he just couldn't do this anymore. That was in eighth grade. In high school, Rich's girlfriend gets pregnant. But Rich also gets into Harvard. He works full-time and even nights to support his kid while he's in college. But it was just too much. So he drops out of Harvard and transfers to a cheaper college. He feels like a failure. He went on to work in IT by day, and now he tinkers with Teslas by night. And he runs this YouTube channel where his persona is like a dad trying to be funny and cool, which is what he is. They were cruising around on a bright, sunny day, and a pole just jumped out of nowhere and obliterated their Model 3. Poles are the number one cause of car accidents. I believe we should ban all poles. Keep all wiring underground. Keep our Model 3s safe. So Rich tells me he's not afraid of Tesla coming after him. He's not afraid of getting hurt while working on the cars. And somehow he's not even intimidated by how much money he spends on the damaged Teslas. But there is one thing. What are you afraid of? That's a good question. I'm scared of people not thinking I'm a nice and good guy. Yeah, I want to come across as a, as a nice guy, a good guy. And it's like a personal thing I have where I want to, I guess, maintain a certain image. You know, I do, I do have fears and doubts about myself. You know, I also have a fear of not looking smart, not being smart too, you know, and I think those are my fears. But I think I've said that a few times in a few videos where I'm like, hey, I'm not even that smart. But you know, maybe I really believe that, you know, maybe I'm looking for someone to say, no, you are smart. I mean, to be like, you know, feel better about myself. But of course, this is the internet, a land of trolls, whether they be CEOs like Elon Musk or guys in their basements. Elon hasn't come after Rich yet, but Rich does have people that don't like him. Oh my gosh. I'd say I probably have mostly haters. <laughs> it's a lot of haters. A lot of people don't like doing what I'm doing because they think I'm hurting Tesla in some way, hurting the brand. They think only Tesla should be able to work on it. Some of the things I say they don't agree with. Um, sometimes I'll go on a rant and I'll just kind of make fun of Elon Musk a little bit and they'll kind of, they'll drive them crazy. But a lot of Rich's haters don't just quibble with Rich about how much he's needling Tesla. A lot of them see a black man with a platform and respond with pure racism. It's funny because the second that I addressed that in a video and I said, you could make all the racial comments you want, I think it's hilarious. And I actually started reading some of the comments like out loud, that dropped by about 50%. <laughs> this is my favorite comment. I'm gonna paraphrase. You're disgusting, messy, you're a slob. Don't blame it on the truck. You could have a bus and it would still be full of trash, just like your entire existence. Who hurt you, man? Seriously, who hurt you? When I started addressing them, and once they realized that I was on the level where I didn't really care or I wasn't concerned with what they were saying, and I found it funny, and it showed that it wasn't getting to me, I was taking power away from them, absolutely. 
Sometimes Rich will pin the most bigoted comments at the top of his YouTube feed. It'll be the very first comment, the most derogatory and racial and just disgusting, filthy comment I'll pin as the first one to let them know, I read this comment. I'm not ashamed of it. There it is right there. And I let everyone else do the work. They'll just tear them apart. Rich's dream is to open a Tesla repair shop one day. He wants to make this work his life, not just a hobby. But that's where he could really come up against Tesla. Tesla doesn't have dealers like other companies. It owns its own stores and repair shops, and that's the way it likes it. Now, Tesla could shut down Rich in a minute with a cease and desist letter, or even worse. Here's Lynette again. Well, it's up to Tesla to decide whether or not he's an enemy. And so far, Tesla has decided he is not an enemy. So far, Tesla has pretty much tolerated Rich's videos. Hey, so no such thing as bad publicity? Exactly. I think it would be very bad for their brand to try to squash a man who is just trying to fix their cars, who admires their cars. But look, Rich thinks he's found a loophole. There's this law in Massachusetts that says owners have the right to repair their cars if they have the same equipment as the dealer. And Rich thinks this gives him the power to keep doing it. But since Tesla doesn't have dealers like the other companies, it's untested. Whether or not Rich's dream can come true is really up to Tesla and how much the company is willing to tolerate outsiders tinkering with its cars and how much it wants the outside world to know about how Teslas are made. And on the other hand, Rich kind of represents something that Tesla champions, a sort of geekiness about cars and love for getting into the nitty-gritty, nerdy parts of them, and a sense of independence, which Americans really like. And so I don't think it would sit well for Tesla lovers or customers, for Tesla to attack this little guy who's just working on cars that he really seems to love. And frankly, it's a free country, man. So after all this, do you think Rich Benoit and Elon Musk will ever actually meet? Rich sure hopes so. I'd be like, hey, Elon. He'd be like, hey, Rich. He'd probably just humor me and be like, hey, yeah, nice job. And then kind of go about his business. Hop into his Tesla and fly out. Or his rocket. Hop into his rocket and head back home to Mars or wherever he's going. Just before we finish this episode, Tesla wrote to say it will assess salvage vehicles for a fee and that customers are free to do what they want with their cars, including doing their own repairs. It added that a car repaired by an unqualified mechanic may pose a danger to drivers on the road. A quick update now on a previous Household Name episode. A few weeks ago, we brought you the story of a Brooks Brothers store in Lower Manhattan that became a makeshift morgue on 9-11. We told the story of a young doctor who went to volunteer there, and to his horror, he was put in charge and came up against his personal limits. If you haven't heard it, I encourage you to go back and listen. We got word that the Brooks Brothers store just closed for good. It had been in that same location for 45 years. I stopped by just before final closing, and a manager didn't want to be recorded, but he told me it was a special place that he'll never forget. As I left, I noticed some photos in bubble wrap, the pictures that for years showed what the store looked like right after 9-11, 
and what it looked like when it was restored a year later. This episode was produced by Amy Padula and me with Anna Mazarakis and Sarah Wyman. Our editor is Gianna Palmer. Mixing, sound design, and original music by Casey Holford and John Delore. The executive producers of Household Name are Chris Bannon, Laura Mayer, Jenny Radelet, and me. Please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show. And let us know what you think. Send comments and story ideas to householdname at businessinsider.com. Household Name is a production of Insider Audio. Stitcher.